Hey, welcome to the She Heard podcast hosted by author and speaker Laurie Green Westlake. On the She Heard podcast, we cover everything from a woman's role in the church to deep and unexpected dives into your favorite Bible heroes. Laurie's passion is to equip women with courage, boldness, and bravery through biblical study and inspiring narrative. Be sure to check out lauriegreenwestlake.com for additional resources. Welcome to the show. Hello, and welcome to the Brave Girl Podcast, hosted by author and speaker Laurie Green Westlake. Laurie's passion is to embolden women with courage, boldness, and bravery through biblical study and inspiring narrative. Enjoy the show. Today, we will look at a woman's place in Christian culture. I've done a lot of studying through the Word, just looking for what does God really have for His women? Why is the role that we play so radically different from the role that a man plays? And I want to state before we get started that I am perfectly fine with playing a role that plays out to the spiritual airways and that will eventually be realized in the kingdom of heaven. If our role, different roles uh, through, through the Bible are, are different in order to teach about Christ, his salvation, and the way the kingdom of God works, I am not, I, am, I, I have no problem with that. I'm, I'm not offended to play a more submissive role to the man. But through studies, I've uncovered some interesting facts. And I feel like if we as women take a little bit closer look at some of these scriptures, we might find ourselves stepping into uh, roles or jobs or positions, uh, varying positions throughout culture, whether it be in your family or in a career, that we step into these positions ready to lead and emboldened with the idea that Jesus has as much for us in the way of molding and shaping cultures and the coming kingdom as he does for a man. I'm not a, I'm not a feminist and I'm not anti-man. I love my husband and my sons, but I've just been a little bit empowered by what I found in scripture. So today we're going to be taking a look at the fascinating story of Job in the Old Testament. Now, I'm assuming you're very familiar with the story. It is the story of a man who was very faithful. It's one of the oldest books in the Old Testament. And Job was a man who was righteous in God's eyes, and he was a faithful man. And Job was also a very wealthy man with 10 children, uh, a livestock, land, and he was just considered to have it all. And then we are given a glimpse through this story into the heavenlies. And man, do we learn a lot about what is going on in the throne room of God through the story because Satan and angels are presented to the Lord. 
And the Lord says to Satan, where have you been? And Satan, you know, he says, I have been roaming throughout the earth. And then God actually boasts about Job. And he says, have you considered my servant Job? And then Satan says, well, of course, he is a man after your heart because you've given him so much. But if you take away what he has, then he will not be as righteous. And the story goes that God gave Satan permission to test Job. And he, through uh, natural disasters, he took away all of his land and through raids, he took away his livestock. And then through a great wind, he crushed the house where Job's children were taking part in a feast. And all ten of his children, seven sons and three daughters, died. And we know the rest of the story. Job is found faithful, even when Satan is allowed to test him with a painful disease. Job is found faithful. And then his friends come give him solace, which was great, but then they really began to teach him that what he had done was the result of a sin. What God had done, the judgment God had put on Job, was the result of a sin in Job's life, which we know is not true. And at the end of the book, and this is where the things get interesting for women, at the end of this book in uh, Job, let's see, it's the very last verse, 42, 14. And it says that Job's fortunes were restored. That after, after all the testing and Job and the Lord have a, a great conversation about God's sovereignty. God reveals many things to Job about his sovereignty and creation. And Job eventually says, I trust in the Lord. And then God restores Job's fortunes and his children. And we're told he's given everything twofold, but he's given his 10 children, 10 more children, seven sons and three daughters. And this is where it gets extremely interesting. The seven sons are not named, but we are given the names of the three daughters and were told that they were the most beautiful daughters in the land and then the scripture says that Job gave these daughters an inheritance equal to their brothers well in the old testament inheritance went to the sons of a father only to keep the bloodline in a tribe because if women married outside the tribe and they inherited it, then another tribe would take uh, part in the first tribe's inheritance. And so that was the purpose of women not inheriting. But here we're clearly told that Job's daughters not only get named, but also have this equal inheritance. I believe, and this, this may seem like a really radical thought for you, but I believe that this is a picture of heaven, that Job's losing everything he has is a test and a picture to those in the heavenlies that he was a righteous man and that we can live by faith and man is more devoted to God than we are to our material things. It's not always true today with everyone, but that's how, that's how what our faith is supposed to do for us. 
But then when everything is restored, I believe that is a picture of our restoration in heaven. Because you and I both know people who have been through traumatic experiences, who have had financial hardship or who've lost sons and daughters. And and that's the end until they die. And this beautiful restoration doesn't happen on this side of the curtain like it did for Job. So I believe that this story serves to be an example to us of what heaven's going to be like. And what we see is that these three daughters of Job's are pictures of a woman's restoration in an equal position with man in heaven. I want to share a couple of scriptures with you that kind of bear that out, that kind of prove where my thought process is coming from. In Hebrews 11.3, we're told that by faith we understand that the world has been created by the word of God, so that what is seen has not been made out of things that are visible. What that means is that everything on earth, when God created earth, everything was made from the place of invisibility, which is heaven that things here were were replicas of the invisible things, the things that are invisible to you and I right now in heaven. And so everything here serves as a way to teach you and I what heaven is like. And also we see throughout the Old Testament examples of what God would be teaching us and giving us in the New Testament. Isaac is a perfect example of that when Abraham laid his son Isaac on the altar as a sacrifice. We all know that was a word picture. Even though it literally happened, it also served as a word picture to you and I about God sacrificing his only son, Jesus Christ, on the altar. And just as Isaac was uh, lived so Christ lives today. And so I believe that many of the stories from the Old Testament serve to also teach us about heaven. Now, in 1 Timothy 2, 11 through 15, Paul is explaining to his, the people in, or to Timothy, excuse me, he's explaining to his mentee, Timothy, that he doesn't allow women to speak up in church, that they should be quiet. And if they have questions, they should do it at home where the man is because the man is the head of the woman because the man was created first. And then he goes on to say, it is because the woman was first deceived and became the initial wrongdoer in the garden. In other words, the curse that the female received in the garden is playing out through all these 6,000 years of humanity. And then we get into the New Testament, and even as Christ's church is being built in preparation for the returning kingdom, we see that the curse still lingers as she was the wrongdoer. Now, in a previous podcast that is called God's Plan for Woman, I talk a little bit about how the deception of woman was even more devastating than we've initially been taught, or at least I've initially been taught, because the woman was to be a guard. Um, 
because her name was Ezer. And you can go to that podcast and listen and hear about the teaching of the Ezer and why it was so devastating that a woman let her guard down. And she she was to be Adam's spiritual warrior. And she was deceived. And so she failed not only in trusting God and his commandment to not eat of the fruit, but she failed in her position as a warrior. So I think that as we see what Paul is teaching Timothy, and he teaches this again in Corinthians, that a woman's place in the church is still at, uh, is underneath the man. And it's true, Christ is the head. And as I said in the beginning, I have no problem, no problem playing a role for the sake of the witnesses that are in the airways and the unbelieving witnesses on earth today that are watching the church and learning something about Christ. But I do believe with all my heart that our positions as warrior and guardians will be restored. And that is one reason that I look forward to the next kingdom come, to see what God initially had planned for woman. Aren't you excited about that? I really, really am. And we're also told in scripture that there is a special position for those who have loved and longed for the return of Christ. So that's it for today. I hope this wasn't too terribly complicated, but I encourage you to go to the scriptures and read the story of Job. Take note of that those last verses about his daughters. Then explore those other scriptures where Paul is talking about the building of the church, the crafting of the church, and a woman's position. And as we get further into podcast, we're going to lean in to how a Christian woman today takes on a role of leadership in these complicated Christian cultures that have been built today. You can find out more and read more from my blogs at www.lauriegreenwestlake.com. There you'll also can connect with more podcasts and read about up-and-coming events that we have every year for Women of Valor. Have an incredibly wonderful day.